Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, good morning. Welcome, everybody. This is the Donna and Steve experience on my talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. Woo! I was just reading about Chrissy Teigen's new baby. You see the hair? I see the hair. It's adorbs. And she posted that for as long as she can remember, she's always wanted four children. Oh. When she was a little girl, she said two glow worms and two cabbage patch dolls were perpetually <laughs> in my arms. Glow worms. Um, she would watch Alf with them. They'd sleep mm. together, each getting the same amount of kisses mm. so that she wouldn't make the others jealous. Her mom would always search for the pound puppy with four pups in her pouch, oh. having no qualms about opening and peeking inside before purchasing. Oh, this is adorable. What a sweet story. I wonder if she grew up with four kids in her family. A lot of time you grow, you you want the family dynamic that you grew up with. I suppose sometimes you want anything but the family dynamic you grew up with. But yeah. a lot of times I feel like that informs how many kids a family wants to have as much as it's in their power. It's like, oh, when I was a kid, we, we had four. That, that was why I wanted four. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, I that's grew up sweet. With one of four. And so it's like, oh, yeah, that's fun. There's a I, lot of people around. And... My dad was one of four. I was one of four. My sister has four. That's, that's an interesting thought. Huh. And in, in Chrissy Teigen's case, she, you know, she lost a baby. Right. Not long ago, and she didn't think she'd be able to carry anymore, so they reached out to a surrogacy agency. Um, yeah, talking about perhaps having two surrogates to each bring them a healthy baby boy or girl. Huh. Um, kind of like twins, but not exactly, but oh, what a sweet story. Yeah, congratulations wow. to them. Yeah. Great. But boy, you mentioning pound puppies, ALF, Cabbage Patch, <laughs> Glowworms. I mean, we are like deep in 80s nostalgia right now and it's great we were just talking about alf the other day at my sister-in-law's house my sister's house rather um because the kids discovered that alf was a show last summer and then they started binging alf and then it made me think of my stuffed animal alf that i had that i gave a haircut to and i got a little carried away with the scissors and the hard lesson you learn as a child is it is fun to give your stuffed animals a trim that hair does not grow back. Right. So Puff the Magic Dragon, I gave a real bad haircut to. You know, I wish they had toys for boys back then. Like, we had, like, the Barbie bust. That, it was my favorite toy. Oh, my gosh. You could curl her hair. You could mm. put makeup on her. It was just, you know, a butt, like, her head and shoulders. That was right. it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was so much fun to do that. They now my two, two my two daughters have that or had a version of that. It so that you could just practice hairstyles and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta tell you though, not all toys are created equally in terms of their creep out factor. Shish kebab. If you walk past a room that you believe is an empty room, and then you see like my daughter had it like C clamped to her desk, pretty much like where the chair would be sitting in the desk, 
and it like scared the bejesus out of me because you see what from the back looks like kind of an adult human head. Right. You know, like it. Crazy. Uh, We have a big show today. Happy Thursday, everybody. Throwback Thursday. We'll do Throwback Thursday, a little music trivia today at 1130 during Rock O'Clock. The Big Zamboni will join us. At 10 o'clock, fresh off of his wedding, he's now married. So fun. And a little uh, honeymoon getaway that he had, so he will join us at 10. We're looking forward to that. Um, Also, an interesting thought about, did Pat Sajak predict his replacement? We'll get into that uh, coming up. (laughs) But I uh, am here to take your questions now that I'm a golfer. Um, Then we'll go to Donna first. Uh, Donna, you in the back, yes? Uh, hey, Steve, how was your golf outing yesterday? What did you, what was your score? That's not important, and how dare you? That's like asking a woman her age. That is just <laughs> inappropriate. Um, I was terrible. I, here's a couple things I realized. Yesterday, I went golfing. For the second time this calendar year, I usually go once every year, maybe once every two years, very infrequent. couple things that I learned. We went to Chaska Town Course which is right up the street from where I am. I mean, it's like a few-minute drive, and bada-bing, bada-boom, you're there. It's a municipal course, but it's one that has hosted the U.S. Amateur, so it's a really nice course. Oh, nice. It's beautiful up there. In fact, they're going to be hosting the U.S. Amateur next year, in 2024. Are you saying amateur? I'm, But I'm saying amateur like you would if you were doing sports talk. You sound like an amateur. <laughs> the U.S. Amateur. Okay is uh, going to be there, okay. and it, it's a beautiful course. It's, it's a difficult course. It was challenging. I don't have golf clubs. My brother-in-law, Dave, said, hey, do you want to use my old golf clubs? Um, you might need to get them regripped, but I'll give them to you, and then Grayson can have a, a little kid set. I might need regripped. So I go out and test them the other day. He's been telling me this for weeks, and I was like, okay, uh, let me go test them real quick. I started touching the grips just in his garage, and I was like, boy, I'm getting like a little bit of black residue here on my hands. <laughs> he said, you know what? If you have a good glove, it'll be fine. And I was like, great. Stevie Boy goes to play it against sports. I get a glove. I get uh, golf balls, and I'm ready to go. Don, I sent you a picture. I see it. I just posted this up on my Instagram and my uh, stories if you want to go check it out. You look like you had a bad experience changing the oil in your car or something. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> what grips, on earth is af- that? After the first hole, the, the, the black of the grips on these golf clubs, they're black grips, they were deteriorating. Absolutely deteriorating. Do you think you were punked? No, no. <laughs> no he, okay, just checking. Just he checking. Felt, I know he Dave. felt bad about it. Yeah, was he trying to make sure that he scored better than me? Um, he he was feeling bad about it. I mean, it wasn't his fault. He was giving me clubs, but the grips came off. So I have a, you have a glove on one hand, and then on the other hand, you don't wear a glove. I don't know why it's done that way, but that's how it's done. Anyway, the 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 black of the grips, this like tacky, tarry kind of stuff, <laughs> oh is now on my hand. I had to wash my hand, rub it off with water and a towel multiple times throughout the round. It caused a stickiness on my fingers so bad <laughs> that on about the tenth or eleventh hole, I was like, "Oh, I felt something." I looked down, and now there's a huge flap of skin hanging off the side of one of my fingers because this sticky stuff is causing added. Tension. It was like wearing like stickum on your hands or like pine tar. It was just so annoying. Oh also, my God, it looks awful. I couldn't touch anything. I couldn't like wipe my forehead with yeah. my hand. It was it was just black stuff everywhere. So anyway, 
That was not great. Went with the neighbor, neighbor Adam, who was giving me, I said, give me as many pointers as you can. Mm. And he just kept sprinkling them in little by little as the round went on. And then, you know, the final few holes, I started to hit the ball a little well. You know, you get a few of those shots in golf done, and they say all it takes is one. You get one good shot, and you're like, that'll keep me coming back. Well, that's good. But I had a myriad of just truly terrible shots. And I realized that even though I might fancy myself generally athletic, golf is a sport that is requires skill. And if you don't play it, if you don't practice it, and if you don't study and implement the correct techniques, it is extremely easy to suck at golf. And I do. Were you at least shoot uh, shooting? Uh, shooting? You can go with that. I don't par? care. No. Oh, so if it was like a five par hole, Let, were you getting that. like... We'll call it a par five. Okay, a par five. Were you getting like, what, seven... Eight, nope, it would be more like 12. 8, 9, X, or uh, uh, very shortly into the round, I was like, you know what? Oh, I lost another ball. I'll just meet you guys on the green, throw the ball onto the green. Now okay. let's putt, or you now let's what? chip. I, I admire thank you. that you stuck with it, because I would have been like, I am never coming back here. I'm an embarrassment. Because to... you don't like to be bad at something? Maybe. That's or never I... kept you from coming in here, though. <laughs> How do you do it? I don't know. I it must it. be that comedy class you took. I was excited about that joke, and I uh, think it worked. We have to go. Really. We're okay, over time. Fine. We're over time. All right. More golf questions can come later on. Okay. Um, I'm sure people will be emailing in, so it's your golf oh, line yeah, sure. all day long. Uh, when we come back, if you want to catch up on Yellowstone, yes. apparently this is the right time to do it. Plus, we'll get into that Pat Sajak story. Did he predict his replacement becoming Ryan Seacrest? We'll get into that. When we come back, Donna, Steve, my talk. Hey guys, it's Donna and Steve here to talk about Tria Orthopedics. We get it. Life can be busy. Mm -hmm. So when your back is out of whack or your knee pain just won't go away, it's important to get treated by Tria. They have convenient online scheduling and walk-in care. Yeah, in fact, we've actually both been to Tria for shoulder injuries. Yep, I went to Tria when I had a really sore shoulder, probably from too much clanging and banging in the gym. Donna, do you know that I work out? Oh, no, uh, you never mentioned it a thousand times. It's true, I lift weights. You know, I hurt my shoulder, and guess what? They knew exactly how to treat me. Yeah, then you recommended them to me, and now my shoulder is feeling good again. Oh, and my doctor was so kind and answered all of my many questions. What I would do to have that kind of patience around you? Rude. So if you break your wrist, you tweak your knee, hurt your back, get treated by TRIA. Yeah, get world-class orthopedic care with no referral needed. Visit TRIA.com. It's why you're treated and how you're treated by TRIA. Hello, you guys. It's Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071. Who this? Who, who are you listening to? Morgan Wallen. Is this Morgie? Yeah. I don't know if I like this song. Oh, you were just jamming to it. You got <laughs> the a lyrics weird are, way of showing it. The lyrics it. are weird. It's like last night we had a lot to drink and then we broke up. It's just very confusing. Anyway. All right. So suddenly we're analyzing country music lyrics. <laughs> All of a sudden. I, I've, I've been listening to quite a bit of country music lately. There's some really good songs out there. That Jelly Roll, he's on a roll. A hey. Jelly Roll. Hey! Oh, hey. Donna. Don't care for the name, but it's okay. Donna. What? Is it? I don't I don't want to speculate. I'm going to call it Grown Man Jelly Roll. Hi, Jelly. How are you? Mr. Roll. <laughs> Mr. Roll. <laughs> it's very Your neat. Your table office. is now available? Yeah. 
Yeah, what about meatloaf? You went all those years calling meatloaf meatloaf. Well, Mr. Loaf. Yeah, I guess. Did people question that back in the day? Did they ask him a lot initially about his... I bet they did, Steve. His name? Who's had, who's had the weirdest name in music history? Like, Meatloaf is for sure in on the Mount Rushmore of weird musical names. Jelly Roll, I mean, I'm, I know he's newer, but you might have to put Jelly Roll, Meatloaf... Mm. Yeah, we could we can make a list if you want. Let's make a list. Now, of course, I can't think of anyone else who's ever had a weird name in the world of music. There's got to be some rappers out there with some oh. weird names. Well, yeah, we would have a Mount Rushmore, and then we'd have a Lil Mount Rushmore, where we put all the <laughs> Lils up there, I mean, all the babies. You know, just, <laughs> it's just wild how many people seem to be using Lil. Like no one in their camp is saying mm, doesn't feel. Super original. You thought it would have stopped with Lil Wayne, and then it's just anybody's Lil. Maybe that's what we should do, Donna, to freshen up our brand. Lil Donna and Lil Steve. Come on. I don't know if that's fresh anymore. Yeah. (laughs) But what about like Lil Uzi still doing it, and there are a bunch of Lils out there. Maybe we could workshop it off the air. All right, I'm just going to tell you, fair fair warning, while you do this next story, I'm going to be looking up all the rappers with Lil in their name. Oh, okay, great. Good to know. Anyway, uh, if you've ever wanted to catch up on Yellowstone, here's a hot tip. They are doing a marathon for 4th of July weekend. It will kick off tomorrow at 7 o'clock p.m. The final episodes of the series will air sometime in November, so you've got plenty of time. And uh, they're going to do all five seasons. Okay. Okay. It'll continue through, I think, 11 a.m. on Saturday and Sunday and noon on Monday and Tuesday. Interesting. Uh, Can't you always just stream it all? I think so. Yeah, but sometimes there is a simple pleasure and parking okay. your buns on the couch. Yeah. And just turning on the channel and letting it roll. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, okay. Twilight Zone does a marathon like every New Year's Eve, I think. New Year's Day. New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. Really? That is really fun. Oh, Very. I didn't know that. Yes. What, what what channel does that typically come on? Sci-fi. There you go. Sci-fi. Okay. And then TBS does All Day Christmas Day. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Uh, the Christmas story over and over and over and over. Oh, really? I did not yeah. know that. Um, I will now give you a f- few of the rappers with <laughs> Lil in their name. Okay. Lil Wayne, I would consider the godfather of Lil's. Lil Uzi Vert. Oh, yeah, that's right. Lil Yachty. Uh-huh. This, I like this one. Lil Pump. <laughs> Lil Kim. Lil John. Oh, yeah. Lil Baby. Mm. Lil Zan. My favorite. Lil Peep as a rapper. What's up? I'm Lil Peep. I don't. I, it's it, interesting to me that men want to be called Little Anything. Not little, Donna. 
feel no. like Lil Peep is no longer with us. Oh. Is that right? Yeah, that is true. Passed away in 2017. Okay, so the list I'm, not, I'm looking at does not give me dead or alive situations there. I'm sorry to Lil, Lil Peep. Is that who Lil mm-hmm. Peep has passed mm-hmm. away? Did Lil Uzi Vert? Is Lil Uzi Vert? Still um, with us. Still with us? Uh, Lil Boozy, Lil Ronnie, Mother F. That's actually what it says. <laughs> That's the name. F. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Lil Nas X, Lil Reese, Lil B, Lil Romeo. And then it says last on the list and many more. <laughs> That's great. All right, thanks. Okay. Uh, Okay, so, um, by the way, Kevin Costner, can we get back to that for a second? Sure. Wow, now his wife is saying she will move out of the house if one condition is met, okay? Okay. She has been in their $145 million property. What? Despite their longstanding prenup. That detailed she had 30 days to vacate their home okay. after filing for a divorce. After weeks of legal back and forth, Christine is now saying she will leave the estate if Kevin Costner costs up more money to guarantee that she won't be left penniless. And uh, she she wants him to agree to pay any support fees that the judge orders him to pay in an upcoming hearing. I don't know why that would even be an issue. Doesn't he have to? I'm not a. If legal the judge, expert. okay, okay, I guess they could counter or whatever, whatever you call that stuff. Anyway, um, so her proposal means she now has 50 days to pack up and find a new home if he agrees to it. Uh, she didn't want to leave without having a structure of finances in place, according to her lawyer, and it's not fair uh, fair on their kids, according to her. She's got a, they've got a 15, 14 and 13 year olds and she didn't want them to have to move several times, which sounds reasonable. She wants stability for her kids. We all do. He, he's already agreed to give her $30,000 per month for a rental house. And he's willing to give her 10 grand for moving costs. So, wow. Is this a typo? Is the headline a typo on this article? On the house? $145 million mansion? I, You know, it's funny you ask that, because I wondered that as well. I'm like, what? There are very few properties that sell for that much or would be appraised for that much. I don't know if this is the place that he owns in, like, Montana, mm-hmm. which would include a lot of land, probably. But probably not $145 million worth. That's what it says. 145. So So if she thinks she's going to move into a $145 million property, I think she might have to reevaluate. That's just a staggering number. It says that that number is associated with a beachfront compound in Carpinteria, California. Wow. It's wow. a compound, not just a house. Just remember, a house. remember, she was allegedly hooking up with the guy who was renting one of the houses. There. Allegedly, supposedly. Uh huh. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, Steve, uh, I'll get to that Pat Sajak story Let's do that when we come break. back. Okay, that's yeah. We'll good. find out what Lil Pat had to say about <laughs> his replacement before it even happened. Uh, stay with us. It's Donna and Steve. The experience on my talk. 
time for me, Donna, to tell you about Spire Credit Union. You guys, there are 22 Spire locations, over 155,000 members, including myself. They've got saving options for everything from basic savings to holiday savings to budget savings, money markets. Their certificates earn a higher rate with terms from three to 60 months. And when Spire says free checking, they really do mean free checking. There's no monthly maintenance fee. Spire is also the official checking account of the St. Paul Saints. They've got a Saints free checking account as well, and that comes with a custom Saints debit card. And new accounts get two tickets to an upcoming game. All the convenience services also, they're free, like digital banking, mobile app, mobile wallet, uh, remote deposit, desktop, laptop, mobile banking, and more. I happen to have a share savings account. I love the customer service. Do yourself a favor. Go to myspire.com to find out more. Spire is insured by NCUA, an equal housing opportunity lender. Welcome back. Appreciate you guys listening to the Donna and Steve show on My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. It was just uh, recently announced that Ryan Seacrest is going to be taking over for Pat Sajak when he um, finishes up at Wheel of Fortune. And someone on social media posted an old clip from 2012 that shows Pat kind of sort of had a hunch that Ryan would take his job one day. He made some kind of mistake while talking to a contestant. And after his mess up, he jokingly said, Seacrest is on speed dial. <laughs> and 11 the, years ago, he yeah, said that. Right. How about that? And here we are. He said he he also said, um, and by the way, it'll be 41 seasons for him when he uh, retires. And he tweeted out that he was looking forward to his final season starting in the fall and then handing over the car keys to Ryan Seacrest in September of 2024. Yeah. Aww. I, I'm glad he's having like a final season yeah. like this, you know, kind of a send off. And it just allows you to enjoy it a little bit more. You know, it was. it's almost like it's, it's funny because I feel like uh, there are a few times that you're offered that sort of a a process in whatever you do it's it's just rare that you go in knowing all right this is going to be my final lap around here in in my line of work or whatever it might be and then you can really like yeah soak it up more be nostalgic i think that's great what did he do before that he was an actor i i'm assuming right because a lot of uh, these game show hosts are i don't know that oh, he was an actor Pat Sajak was a radio guy Okay. How about that? Mm-hmm. And they All even right. tried to say, very briefly, I believe, he had a, a, a talk show. Yes. As well. Short-lived. Very. But- <laughs> okay. Yeah, I am seeing he was. he's an occasional actor, uh, TV personality. Yes. He was a DJ during the Vietnam War wow. for the American Forces uh, Vietnam Network. And, uh, yeah, Daytime Emmy Award for Outstanding you know, Game Show Host. The video on Twitter the other day of Vanna White as a contestant on The Price is Right was going around. She was a contestant on The Price is oh, Right. Oh, it's so embarrassing. It's like so cringe. Two years before she got hired as Vanna White. And Bob so Barker speak. kind of called her out for like primping oh, I, or looking in the mirror or looking in the camera to check oh, I herself. Didn't, I didn't listen to the audio. Oh, it's I just so like saw it playing and was and scrolling on, like, oh, wow, she came, she was on. Mm, oh well, yeah. sorry about that. He was like, "Well, if you stop looking in the mirror for a minute or looking at yourself, <laughs> oh, good, I'm Thanks, so embarrassed." Bob, 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 Bob. 
Why? Also, hey, did you hear that the, the Price is Right is moving out of their studio that they've been in for years and decades and decades and decades no. in Television City? Yeah, and they're moving to Glendale. And so, because, you know, the Price is Right, I don't know if this frame of reference will help, but shot in the same building where the Late Late Show with James Corden shoots. And so um, I, I interned there at that building for a few oh, brief really? weeks before I quit. But um, it was, you know, that was, if you ever have been on The Price is Right, you know the street that you've stood out on in the wee hours of the morning to get in line, hoping that you'll be able to pass the producers and maybe get selected. They've been there for years and years and years, and now they will, uh, they'll be moving, I believe, for the beginning of their next season in the fall, and they'll be in huh. Glendale now. Glendale, which is uh, a little bit further east than Burbank, it like goes Pasadena, Glendale, Burbank into Hollywood. And so it's just like a little bit further away from the rush of it all. But I'll be curious to see what the new set looks like. I wonder if they'll keep it largely the same. They've really done like a uh, a COVID crowd for a long time where it used to be. Do you remember when we were growing up and you would see the beginning of The Price is Right, which, by the way, came in hot i mean shot out of a cannon that show starts and people are screaming they're panning the cameras rod roddy and it's in his sparkly jacket and you would think how would anyone ever be selected in what appears to be a stadium-sized crowd it is massive and then if you've ever been there it was so much smaller so much smaller than it looked on television you were almost like how didn't you get picked i mean there's hardly anybody here and but then they 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 took the crowd size down post COVID and have yet to expand it, so it's not it doesn't have the same vibe, the crowd on the Price is Right because they're doing like section seating. It's kind of like okay, your party's going to be here, your oh, okay. party's going to be here instead of rows of people. So I wonder what they'll do with the audience when they move into Glendale. Are they going to try to get three hundred people back in there? Because right now it feels like they got about a hundred. Okay. Thank you for all your follow-up questions, Donna, and, and your innate interest in this topic. <laughs> You're so welcome. All studio audiences are larger than they appear. They sure are. are. On TV, they are much larger than in actual real life. Yeah. yeah. Talk shows, very small. Saturday Night Live, super small. Tiny. Yeah. I love seeing sets. If I was given an invitation, even from all of the local news outlets... I would so happily go and tour those places. I just love seeing where TV gets made. Even sometimes when I go to New York, I'll stand outside of the NBC uh, News, uh, the Today Show on the bottom floor, the NBC Nightly News kind of across the street on the top floor, and I'll just sometimes stand there and look and then imagine like, oh, think of the times that I've watched it and I've been in a house watching it, and that's where they do it, and it Hmm. goes everywhere, Indiana, Kentucky's watching it, California. Why Every, are you outside at NBC? Yeah, they're going like, to ABC. Yeah, they're like, who's this guy? <laughs> yeah, you know, what, just, we, what are you doing, stalker? Uh, no, why I'm are you not looking at ABC? Stalker, Donna, I am a tourist when I am there, and it's down in, in, in Rockefeller Plaza, and so if I'm walking around there, then I'll stare inside of the windows. You could actually go inside the building. Uh-huh. There's like shops. And yeah, and a, a page will give you a tour. Yeah, you could get I a would sign Conan up. O'Brien, uh, I, you know, magnet. I did that tour when I was a kid, and it was very exciting. Do you want to know something? I'm surprised that you weren't a page, Steve. Looked into at, it. Funny oh, at, you say that. Yeah. I was offered a job as a page. Oh, at Donna. NBC? I was. 
and I turned it down. What'd you turn it down for? There, okay, there are a lot of reasons. The hours had to be super flexible. And if you're going through Port Authority at 3 o'clock in the morning, at the time, it was very dangerous. The city was very dangerous. There was a lot of crime. So I had to take all of that into consideration. And at the time, my parents were like, Donna, we don't we don't want you doing like let's say I had to do the I don't know ten p.m. to three a.m. shift. Sure, it it just wasn't going to work. If I lived in the city, it would be different. But most people don't live in the city. Interesting. I had to turn it down, and it didn't. It paid like four twenty five an hour. And Back I in was, the day, was that yes? And it would have cost me more to work there than it than it would have paid me. It okay. would have cost me to to take a bus. Or to pay for parking. I looked if I drove into myself. yeah the, uh, the the page program, which they also have um, in Los Angeles as well. So you know, like where Leno shot his show in Burbank all those years. He you could do it there. I looked into it because you know Regis Philbin famously was an NBC page, and so I thought, well, I would like to have the kind of job that Regis Philbin has. So maybe I'll just say I'm here because Regis was here. Yeah, can I be work. the next Regis, please? <laughs> Uh, and then I got an internship with The Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson. And speaking of turning good things down, I did that my senior year of college. At the time, we lived in a, in a town called Fontana, California. Mm-hmm. And just know that that is about 55 miles east of Television City, as it were, where The Late Late Show was. And it was, uh, it was brutal. And the commute there was brutal. And I was newly married, finishing college. So pumped that I got the job. I used to hand scripts. They would they would do scripts for the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson, and I got to print them. They had to be collated, and then you would connect them, and I would drop them off to all the producers, like Peter LaSalle, who was behind a lot of mm, big-name shows. Yeah. And I would drop them off in all their offices, and it was very exciting. And then they'd be like, reprint, and then you'd have to go and reprint it. And uh, I also got to, at the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson, if anybody watched that show and remembered his emails that he would read, mm-hmm. and he would read these emails. Yeah. And he would go through the papers, and then he would say, all right, this one's from you know Jenny and I, and he'd hold it up and then quickly turn it away, like never actually showing you. But we would get to highlight the emails and print them and say, oh, maybe he would want to read and react to this, maybe this. Hmm. But after a couple of uh, maybe three weeks, I was like, I got time for nothing right now because I'm spending two and a half hours to get home after the Late Late Show finishes shooting. Yeah. I sit in rush hour traffic for two and a half hours before I get home. Ugh. And I thought, yeah. this is not going to be That's what sustainable. I was looking at. Yeah, yeah, that same kind of thing. Even though I was just on the other side of the river, it takes forever to get through traffic any time of day in New York. But I'll you know t- what? What's Even that? though I kind of regret not taking the page job, I did get to do a lot of cool, cool things. You know, I worked at MTV for a little bit. I did some um, freelance stuff there. I got to be a, a got a producer credit on an VH1 show. Oh, cool! All sorts of stuff. Worked with ABC Sports. Um, yeah, so it turned into just awards. a different, did, interesting Tony experience. Awards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at me now. That's right, Donna. Yeah. yeah. Holly, how about you? Did you get to do cool stuff like that in uh, California? Well, yeah. I, you know, I did turn. Well, I had to turn down some internships because I'm like. I don't know about people, but I got to pay some rent. Right. I cannot be working for free. Correct. Right. The, the one internship that I did turn down because I was like, I got to make money uh, was for this company called A Band Apart. 
And that is the company that makes Quentin Tarantino movies. Oh, cool. Oh. And I was like, all oh, right, great. And then yeah. they're like, well, we don't pay you anything. I'm like, okay, see you later. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's still oh, it's bummer. It's yeah. hard out there for a pimp. Yeah. I mean, uh, it. Don't bring up pimps anymore. Sorry. Here's the coolest thing of the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson that I remember. I remember he would come in, and maybe it was around. I don't know, 11 a.m. or something like that. The writers had already been there, and he would walk into this writer's room, and I sat in there once for a portion of it, and it was cool. He would come, he would come in and sit in the room, and there was a big round table of the staff writers, and then they would say, he would chat a little bit, and then they'd be like, hey, uh, what about this? Did you see, you know, hear that uh, President so-and-so just passed this? And then he would, like, as I remember start riffing in the moment of like, oh, and then somebody else in the room would sort of add a little joke to it, and then Craig would go off, and they're all writing this down, and from that, creating what would become his monologue. And also, this if I Brian Williams this, and am making this up, forgive me. I love Craig Ferguson. I think he's very funny. He's my former boss. What do you want me to say? Anyway, um, he at one point said that he didn't read Prompter, um, for his monologues. He said this like later in his run on, on the Late Late Show. However, I distinctly remember, I think, being in the control room next to the person who was running the teleprompter. Now, this was his first full season on the show. And I was amazed at how well he was reading the prompter because he made it seem so effortless and conversational, yet I was like, he's reading every word there. And it seems extemporaneous. And hmm. oh, and by the way, and did you think about this? So maybe that changed over time. But season one, I remember sitting there and thinking, wow, he's very adept at reading prompter without you knowing he's reading prompter. Wow. It's an art. It's an art. It's a talent. It's a talent. We're out of time. We've got no time. We've got no time. Uh, when we come back, we always have time at the bottom of our uh, top of uh, the, at this time. 9.45 for see something, say something. You cannot something. read that teleprompter, can you? No, it's, it was a typo. I wrote it, and it's my fault. Um, I have got some bad news for travelers. If you're going out and about for the 4th of July festivities, bad news for your friends. See something, say something is next. It's Donna. You know, uh, justice for the injured. You've heard me say that before. That is a slogan over at the law firm of Bradshaw and Bryant. And it's more than that, at least to these attorneys it is. It's the the reason they are attorneys, because they know people need representation, someone who's going to fight for their rights. And at Bradshaw and Bryant, they believe they can achieve justice for their clients, give you the best legal representation possible. If you've suffered from a personal injury, let's say as a result of an accident, here's what you should do. Contact an attorney as soon as you can at Bradshaw and Bryant. They'll uh, meet with you for a free consultation. You don't have to worry about the cost because it doesn't cost you anything to meet to discuss your case. And then the attorneys will only get paid if there is an actual settlement. Get a hold of Mike Bryant over at Bradshaw and Bryant. He's really easy to find. You just go online to minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Hey, good morning. Welcome back. Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071, where talk is fun. I'm having fun. How about you, Steve? It is fun for me. <laughs> I bet it's more fun for you since you get to be at home. 
Must be nice, huh? Not always. <laughs> yeah, it, it, there, there, there. You know, pros and cons mm. to any work environment. Sure. That family still there? Uh, they're no longer they're here in this in this home. Oh, they switched homes. They switch homes. When my brother and sister-in-law come up here in the summer, and they usually do anywhere between two and four weeks, uh, they'll do half the time here, half the time down the street at my sister-in-law, uh, my sister's house. How did you decide who gets firsties? That uh, was determined. There's always a small conversation about that. That was determined based on the fact that the others, Janie and Dave, my uh, sister and brother-in-law, they had work being done, carpet getting installed ah. in their home and some painting that was getting done in their home. Fabulous. Are you uh, like, oh, thank God they're gone. Oh, no, no. No, we love it when they're here. But then you do what what you exchange is. You lose the, like, oh, they're there all the time. And what you gain is, you know, a normal rhythm, right? Yeah. When you don't have people sure. in your house, it's you. it's your own normal rhythm. But when you don't have people in your house, you're not... You know, having coffee, you're not chit-chatting, you know, in the morning or after work or whatever. Sure. Okay. Know what I mean? I sure do. It's like when your brother stays with you, Donna, we're both so relatable because of what the families that we have. Oh, yeah. So relatable. Said Drew just sort of squats there. He kind of uses it as an Airbnb and just goes out and about. That is true. And I like that. Hey, if you see something, <laughs> say something. Oh, that is catchy, huh? Time for If You See Something, Say Something with Donna and Steve. If you see something, say something. Come on and party tonight. I suppose the first thing I should briefly mention before I get into the travel nightmare that awaits everyone is that uh, the results are officially in Donna. Donna, you were bugging me about this last night. You know, oh, I need to know the results. What, what, what one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I will be doing a trup date. A tree update video mm. as opposed to a hup date, right. a hose update video. And never mm. again will you see me do a rup date, which of course is a running update. I'll never do those again. But okay. it was 51% to 49%. I asked on social, what video do you want to see? An update on the trees that I planted two years ago or an update on the hose that I bought last year after doing much research and uh, how it's holding up a year later. So trup date one. But I'll give you a spoiler, Donna. I'm probably going to end up doing both. Okay. Okay. It was so close, All Donna. Right. 51-49 in an election year, that could get you a recount. Are you going to give it to us right now? No, or? no, okay. no. This will be okay. on social later. Just, just chill out, man. I don't want to say this, but calm down. It'll come in time. Donna, I only said it because you can't reach over and punch me right now. Mm. Thank you. Planning to travel for 4th of July? Yeah. Well, if you're going to be getting on a uh, a plane or public transportation, a big uh, trying to get somewhere in a jiffy, that jiffy might not be a jiffy. A combination of thunderstorms and staffing shortages earlier this week led to more than uh, 20,000 delayed and 5,000 canceled flights across the country this week. What? I had a buddy who was in New York and had to take a four-hour bus ride to another airport because once his flight got canceled... The next available flight to get him home to Dallas was Sunday, as in four days from today, and he did this video two days ago. So it was that's a real problem. What airport did he go to? Um, he went to Reagan. He was going to fly out of LaGuardia, maybe, and then ended up having to take a four-hour uh, bus ride. Brutal. Brutal. Anyway. Where's Reagan? Washington, D.C. D- okay. Oh, wow. 
That's not Dulles anymore? No, it's they're two separate ones. Oh. Dulles is out farther away from the city. Reagan plops you right there. Got it. And okay. every time you hear Dulles, you're thinking, do they think I'm going to Dallas? <laughs> Airports are tricky. Airport names are tricky. That'd be an interesting thing. If I told you the name of an airport that doesn't have the city in the name, could you tell me where it is? Mm, Heathrow. I could do that one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Give me more. All right, great. How about John Wayne? I'm going to guess that that's out west. Partner. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> Thank you, cowboy. Yeah, that's Orange County. Yeah. I believe. What about Gatwick, Donna? Ooh. Is that in the country, Holly, or is that an international? International. Gatwick. That is in Ireland, Dublin, to be exact. This in London. Okay. <laughs> that's what I meant. Huh. I was close. Yeah. I let Holly lead the way on that Reagan question because I was thinking it was D.C., but I did not have a firm conviction about that. And so I'm with you there, Don, I guess. Yeah, I know some of them. I, I, yeah, I guess. Or could you tell the airport by its code? Mm. Yes, that's easier. MCO. MCO is, uh, that is, nope, I can't. Kansas City. Wow. No. No, it isn't? No, what is it? Orlando. Oh, Oh, yes! Dang it! Ah! And I once looked up, why is it MCO? I learned it that day. I forgot it since then, but you too can look it up on Google. Oh, great! How about EWR? (laughs) <laughs> uh, EWR is, is it in the Northeast? It is. Okay. Then EWR, I'm going to say, is Newark. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, big money. As we head into the 4th of July weekend, the Morning Brew writes that the TSA is predicting tomorrow, Friday, will be the, get this, busiest day of air travel. Since the pandemic began. Oof, woof. Can you repeat that day again? Wow. That is tomorrow, Friday, oh. July, June 30th. June 30th will be the busiest day of air travel since the pandemic began. So for any of you who are flying out tomorrow, just remember that. It's going to be busy. So if you usually like to cut it close and go with thin margins, maybe let's beef the margins up a little bit. And let's beef uh, the margins up. Okay. Bring the stress down. Say with me, Donna. Beef the margins up. Bring the stress stress down. down. Holly, are you traveling? Yes. Oh, no. Via plane? Uh, Yes. Oh, God. Uh, Um. (laughs) uh, But I have taken advantage of what's happening over at MSP Terminal 2, where you can sign up to go through the TSA for free if your flight qualifies. And mine does. So I've already chosen a time that I'm going to walk through TSA. And anybody can do it. Wait, say more words. What? Yeah. You, can, you pre-sign up for your security time? Yes, this is a wow. program that's happening at Terminal 2 at MSP Airport. And if your flight qualifies, I think there are some time stipulations regarding this. But you can pre-sign up for your security check-in. Oh, I love yes. that idea. M- MSP Reserve. Oh, Holly, we all uh, rally around you. Thoughts and prayers. Holly had a not-so-pleasant holiday travel experience in oh. December. And now here we are in July, now seven months later. Now it's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. Have fun wherever you're going. Oh. All right. Yay. All right. Oh, we're Holly's back out. tomorrow anyway. Uh, we'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> newly married Zamboni in next. Yay.